0: This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: So welcome to another exciting episode of the ultimate global podcast. Um, and this is the first of the episodes in the special series of episodes that we are doing for charities and not for profits. Um, and I'm it, it's our pleasure at the Ultimate Global Podcast to have this first episode with Danny Mason-Kinder, who is the founder of Be Kinder Foundation. Um, I met her around a month ago at um, one of the networking events in Sydney, and I was really inspired by the whole story of uh, her foundation because it was uh, very touching uh, and it inspired not only me, but I think the entire uh, audience uh, who were present in that hall on that particular day, and it touched their hearts that you really want to help uh, Danny in some of the other way for this foundation. So to start off with, Danny, uh, why not you? You know, give us a brief about B Kind of Foundation and what it is all about
2: absolutely well thank you so much for having me um I, it's wonderful to be here and um, for giving me the opportunity of yeah talking about the be kind foundation so um be kinder was set up um we lost our beautiful 12 year old daughter billy um when she was 12 years old in a tragic horse accident and billy was an incredible little girl um she she just it's almost like she was an old soul and people, you know, used to say that there was just something about Billy and she was just so kind and empathetic um, and compassionate. And we decided, you know, when she died that that kindness would become her legacy. But what Billy also did was she, um, she wrote stories and poetry and she'd actually just been awarded an academic scholarship to high school based on her amazing writing ability. And She wrote about, you know, things like family and dreams, things that a 12-year-old girl would write. But she also wrote about deeper issues such as racism and bullying and even death. And she would always come to me and and her dad and say, you know, Mum, I want to write a book. What can I write about? So after she died, it became a really big thing for me that um, Billy hadn't got to complete her book and that I had to do it for her. So we put together a beautiful book called Hope, Um, which you can see behind me, um, which is a book of her her stories and artworks and poems, and it's called Hope After the Last Poem that she actually wrote. So it was actually going to be um, a keepsake for the family, but what happened was it started to sell, and we've actually sold over 8,000 copies now. And um, the feedback that I started to get from this book was parents, um, you know, emailing me and contacting me and saying that, in some way, this book was connecting with their children. And I had parents say to me, you know, my son's being bullied, um, or, you know, my daughter suffers anxiety or depression, or, you know, my daughter's self harming. And all of a sudden, I I was open to this world that I knew nothing about. And, and I didn't understand that children suffered in such a way, I, I guess I'd lived in my wonderful little, beautiful bubble with my family. And, yeah, I I must have had my blinkers on. And so it was then I began to think, well, if Billy's words were touching these children and she was actually helping them to initiate discussions, um, maybe what we could do is use what we had and put them into workbooks so that we could actually put them into schools and start to combat some of these mental health issues, bullying and suicide. So I got together with teachers and psychologists and with their help, we put together a series of um, what we call BeKinder workbooks. And BeKinder um, is actually Billy's name. So B for Billy, and actually our surname is Kinder, but it's spelled kinder. So that is how the BeKinder Foundation um, started, really.
1: Yep, um, very exciting story. So how, how you are you, co- you said you are collaborating with different schools and other foundations, is that correct?
2: Yes, absolutely. So what we did was we put a series of um, B kind of workbooks together. So we now have three workbooks and we're actually working on a fourth. So they are designed for different age groups. So we have um, Australian primary schools, grade one and two, um, three and four, and then we have uh, an older workbook for grades five and six. So they all... They are positive, unique learning tools, and they perfectly align with the Australian P.D.H.P.E. curriculum, K to six. And what they do is they, as I said before, they initiate discussions that can sometimes be difficult for the, for young children to actually communicate. And they instigate conversations, and they can be taken in lots of different ways. So, with psychologists and teachers. They took what Billy had written and then they formulated questions for children. So it might be Billy wrote a poem about taking action or inspiration and the questions might then say, how could you, you know, inspire your friends or, you know, they so they lead the children to think about their feelings. So it's really about teaching empathy, kindness and compassion. And it's all done in a positive way. Um, and instead of the negativity that there is, out there you know everything is bullying and self-harming and suicide and you know these children with you know social media as it is they they are inundated with these topics so what we want to do is instead of band-aiding bullying and and everything that's happening we want to go in early start with prevention and early intervention and then maybe we can stop a lot of these mental health issues from actually occurring in the first place so it's all about early intervention in schools um, and we're currently working on an early learning workbook um, which we'll put into preschools as well
1: yep i think the plan looks really exciting uh, danny Uh, the kind of impact you're trying to create through this foundation uh, is it something which you are trying to take across the country at the moment, or just uh, starting off with the Sydney?
2: Well, we, we it's across the country, so we already have um, we have a program rolled out in the Whit Sundays up in Queensland, and we also the Belong Shire Council have also um, just purchased all the workbooks for their six state schools in their whole shire. So what we're trying to do is actually target places and schools that can afford the resources, <clears throat> purchase them. And then obviously, we're a charity, a fully fully registered charity. So with the money that comes in, we use that money to donate to schools that might not be able to afford them at this time. So we have a lot of smaller schools, we have a lot of Aboriginal schools. Um, and we donate the resources, which is really wonderful.
1: Absolutely. I um, would like to ask George as well, um, regarding this thing, uh, as you know, that, uh, you know, one of the aims of Ultimate Global Podcast was to create an impact in the lives of others um, and no better than charities and not-for-profits. How do you see the role of uh, Ultimate Global Podcast uh, contributing towards uh, these charities and not-for-profits in general uh, through the discussions that we are having uh, in this podcast, George?
0: Well, um, UGP doesn't have great financial resources, so we're not able to donate money per se. But if we can re- use the resources of getting the message out there, um, that's 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 okay by me. Um, we, I do see us as a form of a business. We might be a micro-micro business, but we are a form of a business. And um, as you well know, I've um, started a... Um, a, a project on, on making businesses better, um, and that's about making businesses more aware that we, we, we should have a social conscience and to um, give back uh, to society in every, any way we can. So okay. I think any, any sort of business um, um, should be trying to do what they can, where they can, how they can. And, and as you know I took on the um, CEO's role for a, uh, a foundation late last year so um, and as I was saying to Danny before it's through our business chapter that we've raised a lot of money for that Danny so it's it's something that you really should explore
2: yeah no thank you that's that's wonderful and and exactly you know it is awareness. Um, we, we connect also with schools so we have um, an initiative called the be Kind of Sunshine initiative and we have Australian schools that write to children in um, in schools in the UK. We also have schools here that have sister schools. We have schools down in Brunei Island. Um, So we're we're all over the place. And every year we have a day, uh, uh, an international day um, called Be Kinder Day. And that's the 22nd of June. So that's an annual day. And the idea of the day is to connect people and really... Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and do something kind. Address what it means to be kind. You know, and I always say to people, instead of asking somebody how they are, maybe ask them what it's like to be them today. So the idea around the kindness and the connection is we use all of Billy's um, drawings and artworks, and we've put together some beautiful um, cards. And every year um people purchase these cards they're only one dollar each it's not expensive um and we basically ask them to write a kind message to somebody they care about so we've now sold over eighty thousand cards which have gone around the world full of kind messages um so anyone can jump on board and purchase be kind today cards and that's what we would love schools um or we have uh, nearly 82 schools this year got involved in be kind today and over 250 businesses. So we are growing rapidly. Um, We even had the National Kidney Association in Arizona signed up. We had waterways in UK. We had um, a um, foundation in Uganda. So it really is spreading. And and that's what we need is is a global awareness. And we want everyone, everyone around the world to take part and be kind today. So that would be fantastic.
1: I think that's a wonderful initiative, uh, Danny. Because uh, spreading kindness in any way, it's it's really good. Um, and we have got these days like Are You Okay Day, which happens in Australia, um, yes. which is also towards your mental health. Trying to make sure that if you are facing with any kind of anxiety and depression, you should immediately consult um, uh, someone. Uh, You should talk to your friend, share uh, anything which is going on inside you. Um, And I think that's very critical when it comes to mental health. And mental health has been an important topic for discussion, not only through this foundation, but I think uh, during COVID-19 pandemic, I guess we had one or two episodes on this podcast itself when we discussed about mental health last year when we had the Delta uh, lockdown. But I would like to know from you, Danny, what has been the biggest learning for you uh, while you have started this foundation Anything that you have learned from your own experiences when when you were setting up, uh, because sometimes when you start a foundation, you have some mission, some ideas, but as in how you go through, it might, uh, you know, slightly deviate a bit. Sometimes Uh, you might learn something new. You might meet a lot of people. Has there been some learning experiences for you?
2: Oh, my goodness. I, I wouldn't even know where to start telling you what I've learned. Um, I mean, obviously, this this was not what I did. Um, it, it's only um, Billy's Legacy, you know, has become a charity which is, is just growing and growing. So I've had to learn every aspect of becoming a CEO and actually running the foundation. So we have a board. Um, I have some wonderful directors um, who help me. We have a lot of volunteers and we're starting to get, you know, people to, to come in and, and work for us as well. But, you know, for me, it was every aspect, you know, from, from financial, setting up system zeros, learning, you know, finance, it was setting up the charity with the ACNC. Um, it's been you know the structuring I mean the schools the schools are a body unto themselves so learning about the Australian curriculum you know writing the workbooks um, publishing you know every aspect of what we do for me has been a huge learning curve um you know I was very untech savvy um, so I'm getting better at that it, it's just it's everything it's it's every area um you know learning now about corporate partnerships um and and getting ready for that next level so yes I'm always learning I learn something every single day Um, you know I'd I'd like to say I really wish I wasn't and I really wish I wasn't doing that I'd rather be with Billy but I am not and I'm doing this and, and I feel now if I have to to be here without her then I need to make a difference and as George was saying you know we all we all have the power to make a difference through our actions. We can all make a difference. And I think it's, you know, the world is pretty messed up right now. And, and I think we do have a responsibility um, to role model our children, to be responsible and to step up. And, you know, it's got to that crucial point now, the mental health issues, the statistics are going through the roof. You know, it's getting worse and worse. And I think we really need to go down that early intervention prevention road and change things that are happening and start role modeling and start making a difference, especially through, you know, people, I guess, that can, maybe the bigger corporates, um, you know, maybe they they, um, can help in these kind of areas. They all have their corporate social responsibility and and big corporates do a lot in in this space. They already do, Um, but you can never have too much. Um, So, yes, I I just think we all learn every day. We just need to keep learning.
1: Yep. And I think I would like to bring in George into this discussion when we are talking about spreading kindness and talking about mental health. Um, I guess, George, as I told before, that uh, COVID-19 pandemic itself has been the biggest learning when people were locked down in their houses. Uh, Some of the people started getting stressed due to what's happening outside um, as to what how uncertain their future is, and different things that were going on during that time. Um, How do you think kind of COVID-19 has also uh, changed this dynamics towards the mental health problem that the world is facing?
0: Well, there's been a couple of different impacts. Um,
1: For a start,
0: it revolutionised communications because Zooms and podcasts and all those things never had the lift that they'd had until... um, uh, Covid came along, but the other side of it is that we shoved a whole lot of people in four walls or in their homes um, and prevented them from interacting. And so, for some people that was fine, um, and for many many people uh, that was exceedingly damaging to their, their mental health and well being. Um, I think Covid is something that that we There'll be another version of that somewhere down the track. I think one of the things that, sadly, it also did for organisations like Be Kinder and 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 my own foundation and things like that, is that um, it did identify that people need help, and it did identify that not everybody can just get through this sort of stuff. Even the strongest. Of the mentally fit um, were affected by that isolation and all of that, and so I think, um, in a really weird way, it's actually opened the door for for people like Danny and myself and other people that are in charity, um, because when we now talk to people about people need help and people need kindness, the greater percentage of the, of the population know what that's about because they're in bloody lockup. And they know and, you what know, that no was one, like when they couldn't get help.
2: That's right. And, no, you know, we, we are we, we are meant to be connected. You know, we, we thrive on connections and, and interactions with other people. And, yes, exactly that, George, to sit and stare at a screen. I, th- I don't think there would have been anyone during COVID that didn't feel disconnected at some point.
1: But I yeah.
2: I also think that, that it, it has helped the way that you say, but I think it's also disjointed us a bit as well and I I think connections now aren't what they should be you know and people now they're they're happy to meet on zoom and they're happy to flick a text you know we're we're missing that fundamental community where we should be out with each other interacting and leaning on other people and and doing things for others rather than just everything's in the you know the flick of a switch and a button and a, a this and I think people need to step back and take more time you know really take the time to be present and i think it's such a busy world we forget to actually sit in the moment a lot
0: yeah it's 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 a very um a very interesting um situation because i i I agree with you in principle in what you're saying but on the other side of the coin There are so many people that I've spoken to just recently who had no idea about um, FaceTime, no idea about um, Zoom, no idea about uh, online meetings and this and this and this. Um, I was away at a uh, camper trailer meeting where many of those people are uh, are retired and above the age, certainly well above the age of uh, 65, um, and everybody's got their iPad out and everybody's um, uh, communicating and so there's there's a part of me that thinks it's actually, there are some good aspects to it, Danny, because um, um, many people who weren't communicating with their family before or they'd ring mum for five minutes or ten minutes, they're now actually doing a face-to-face or a Zoom family thing and it's actually elevated the communication so I think we've got to be careful though, that we don't get too lazy and use use technology to cut out going out unnecessarily. But with that time you've saved, then go, and go out and use it sensibly.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's quali- that quality time, yeah. And I totally agree with you. You know, my dad was sick throughout COVID in the UK and, you know, the whole family every week, you know, all Zoomed at the same time. And, you know, it was a great way to connect. Um, yeah. But, but like you say, I just feel, yeah, the world gets a little lazy on it. And, with you know, COVID, we're still doing it. You know, even now, you know, people are still resorting to that. And, you know, it's easier for people. Um, and in some good ways, people would rather work from home than keep travelling and, you know, sitting, commuting in traffic. It's It gives them back time, which is a bonus as well. Um, but I, I do feel that fundamental core of community isn't what it used to be.
0: Mm. So we had a situation in, um, in, in networking groups where networking groups across the board uh, probably suffered um, somewhere in the order of 20 25% drop in um, uh, people coming back when we came back live uh, there's a lot of people that said, "Well, look, I'm so used to doing this now on Zoom, I'm not coming back." Um, but that's starting to change again, and people are starting to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and networking generally. And I'm still of that opinion: you need face to face, and you need to get the the body language and the energy in the room and all that sort Yes, yes,
2: but, yes. But the,
0: but the flip side of that, I I'm um, aware of a group that has. Um. um They have, I think, about 15, 16 uh, chapters, um, and they now have another chapter that is purely Zoom, um, so they don't meet face-to-face at all. Now, Mm -hmm. if you take one on 16, um, you're talking about a 6% increase in people networking because of the technology. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, so I think for
0: me... I'd like to put something to you. One of the things that I talk about in business is I keep saying to people if you allow everybody to move back and do all of this social stuff and do it online, you are going to lose what I call the coffee machine education. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, I'd come out of the sales meeting. I'd have no idea really what the boss was on about sometimes and the two older sales guys would then explain it to me. Do you see that there's a, a risk and an impact of that in the kindness area, in the charitable area as well? Absolutely.
2: Um, I'm actually in discussions at the moment. We're putting together a youth impact hub where charities come together and work from the same space. Um, and we call it the water cooler conversations. So, yes, it's exactly that. And, you know, you need people to bounce off. You know, I work I work from home, you um, And all day long, I wished there was somebody I could just go, hey, what do you think of, you know, can you have a quick squeeze of that or or what do you think of that? Um, And, yeah, I I think it's really important. And, you know, especially in that school sector, um, you know, for the children, I think they were the ones that probably, you know, felt it the most. And and I had teachers saying to me, you know, they they were seeing behaviours when children went back to school that they had never seen before. You know, and there was a lot of children who had had forgotten how to actually move around a whole lot of other kids and and be you know in a space with other people so yes look you know it did teach us all a lot um but i i am of the personal opinion that you can't beat you know a a connection and and being at the water cooler actually
1: Mm. yeah yep and i think one of the things which we i've also learned um because i'm i'm a person who always loves to work from the office um i am i never I was just joking with one of my friends a, a week back that I need to have my work desk at least five kilometers away from my bed. Um, if it is not away from my bed, then there is always a chance for me that you have a break time from 12 to 1. You'll just go down and lie down on the bed. So for me, bed is a very bad attraction during the mm-hmm. lunchtime. Um, that is why uh, you know, I just joined a new company uh, three months ago. I have, I think, hardly worked one day from home, other than that, all the time from the office. And the reason for that is when you see the people around you, that they are also working with double, triple the energy, uh, you feel motivated. And yes. you also you also get to meet so many new people. Uh, you know, the kind of network you can create with people once you meet face-to-face is, I don't think has any comparison when you meet them uh, virtually. But of course, you know, uh, if you look at the upside of the it, uh, this podcast uh, idea came to us uh, when we we were uh, all virtual. Uh, and we thought, how can we engage with people virtually? And we started off with this podcast, uh, which is called the Ultimate Global Podcast. It's got really great engagements. And that's why we thought of making it hybrid. Um, I have also started organizing some bushwalks in Sydney, where I meet people in person every Sunday, every, every Saturday. We've already organized five bushwalks in Sydney um and in that bushwalk we don't only chat about these podcast episodes we chat about each other's lives what's going on uh, how was our week um and that's how that's how you you make that people to people connection and uh, that really yes
2: exactly and that i think is is what i'm trying to say that is the important thing and you know it's like i came on here and, and and you know you said how are you and i said i'm fine but if we were out walking and climbing a hill we would probably have a lot more conversation about how I actually was. And it's, you know, everyone can put on a face. And I think that is what is so dangerous. You know, we we can all sit here and and be what we need to be in, in the moment or in a space. But it doesn't give you the whole person and you don't get a chance to really, I think when you're on screen for an hour on a Zoom or this, it's not the same as sitting next to somebody in an office. And it's the body language. And you can't tell really. You know, one of the reasons for our workbooks is, You know, for the younger children, they draw faces and can you show me someone that's sad or somebody that's happy? Or just from body language, you know, how do you think someone's feeling? And you can't see that on Zoom. You can't get somebody's body language. So you never really know what's going on in somebody else's world. And you never, everybody has a story. So I think not having that personal connection, you you miss so much of that. You know the important parts of picking up that somebody's not really right today or they're not feeling great and you know being able to say can i help or you know do something kind for somebody or just be in that moment with them and and i think that's very hard to do online very hard
1: well thank you so much danny i really appreciate uh, you spending uh, time with us i understand that Uh, George has got something to do after this, and I'm sure you've also got something to do uh, after this. So we will end this episode here. Um, I would have wished to continue this episode for uh, one or two hours more with the kind of engaging conversations we are having now. But I hope to see you in another episode. You know, you are still in Sydney, um, and I also make sure that uh, we can also meet another time in person. Um, I think you're also having a networking event on 11th of November.
2: Uh, um, are you having a
1: networking event in the coming days?
2: No, no. We, we are All currently right. doing our walk for a kind of world event, which is on um, about going for a walk, um, and that runs till yes. the thirteenth of November, which is World Kindness Day. So we end on World Kindness Day, yes.
1: All right. That's good. I, I, I expect that Sydney people, Sydney cider should be there and should be taking part in that uh, particular walk. Uh, to kind of uh, help you out in your foundation in any possible way, but thank you so much, George, and thank you so much, Danny. That's it from thank today. Anything else?
0: You. Thank you very much, and Danny, I'd still like to catch up down the track.
2: Absolutely, that would be great. Yes, and I'm I'm very grateful for you both for your time and for having yeah. me on here.
0: Okay. This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.